Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It's your boy Johnny Clutch, discussing the latest sports news and giving hot takes in the sports that I love. The Super Bowl has passed us by. The Patriots ended up winning 13-3. Brady and Belichick get their, both get their sixth ring. And I must say to start, the longevity of this dynasty is absolutely amazing. Their first Super Bowl that they won together was in 2001, where they were playing against Kurt Warner. The fact that these guys are still on our television screens every year, going to the Super Bowl, winning it a lot, on a lot of occasions, is just absolutely incredible. And I have to give credit to that as much as I hate to say it. I, I, I don't like the Patriots. They're, they've been a division rival for the Bills for many years. They've always beat the Bills. You know, it's tough. But I give credit where credit is due. And the Patriots are definitely a dynasty that I think in the modern era probably is the best that we've ever seen, especially in terms of longevity. Maybe not the best we've ever seen in terms of dominance, but longevity. Because like I said, this has been going on for about two decades. It's just absolutely incredible. Now getting to what happened in the game. I could see why a lot of people would say it's boring. I, could, I said it was boring too. You know, final score was only 13-3. to 3. We were definitely expecting a lot more scoring. A lot of people like scoring. I like scoring too. I like seeing a lot of points being scored. But hey, it was winning football by the Patriots, and I can't fault them for that. They did what they had to do to win. If I was in their position and boring football was going to win me the game, I, I'm doing it. I don't care. The only thing the Patriots care about is winning. They don't care about, you know, the players don't care about their numbers and all that, and that's why they've been on top for so long. I know Brady's getting most of the talk for his sixth ring and being, you know, considered the GOAT and everything like that, and I agree with all that. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But I think this is more of a Belichick masterpiece, in my opinion. His defense held the top offense that averages over 30 points a game during the whole season to three points in the Super Bowl. The Rams receivers weren't getting open. Goff could never get his feet under him. And I guess you can say that Belichick probably owed this one to Brady and the Patriots after last year because his defense was absolutely shredded by Nick Foles. And he benched Malcolm Butler, which I thought was the wrong move in a game like that. I think he was trying to discipline him, I think I remember. I just don't do that with a Super Bowl ring on the line. But nonetheless, he got Brady back for this one because Brady was masterful last year and he lost. This year, Brady was kind of, I would say, mediocre in this game, to be kind. He wasn't his normal self. He, again, the offense only put up 13 points. But Brady did enough to win. But Belichick and the defense was really a leading factor in them getting this victory. Probably the biggest surprise in this game for me was the Rams offensive line really just getting manhandled by the Patriots defensive front. Jared Goff was continuously pressured and I think Goff got really rattled by it. Goff was missing a lot of throws and it ultimately led to the, led to the Rams demise. Another thing from this game that I felt was a reason why the Rams lost was the disappearance of Todd Gurley. We saw it in the Saints in the championship game against the Saints where Todd Gurley was seeding a lot of snaps to C.J. Anderson, and we saw more of it in this game. And during the game when the Rams were saying it wasn't injury-related, I just don't believe that for a second. Super Bowl on the line, you play your best players no matter what. He had to be injured to the point to whereas he felt he was going to hurt the team, and Sean McVay felt he was going to hurt the team if he was out there for an extended period of time. And I also think they were hiding the fact that he was injured because they didn't want other teams to take advantage of that. It honestly wouldn't shock me at all if we found out like a month or two later that a report gets out about Todd Gurley playing for a torn meniscus through the whole playoffs. Because even when he was in the game, he wasn't really effective, and that was the same thing against the Saints. He, when he was dropping all those passes, he wasn't effective in the run game this week. He only averaged about three yards a carry. And he was nowhere to be found in the receiving game out of the backfield for the Rams. And that had been a staple for them throughout much of the season. And another reason why I felt he was injured is because C.J. Anderson was also ineffective. So they can't really go off the excuse of saying, well, C.J. Anderson was playing so good that we wanted to keep him in there over Todd Gurley. So really a 
disappointing performance for the Rams offensively, to say the least. And also, on the other end, New England's really only consistent offense the whole game was Julian Edelman, and the Rams just just did not have an answer for him. He was just getting open time after time. It, it was just He was just unstoppable. No one on the Rams could cover him. And Julian Edelman was well-deserving of MVP. So in conclusion, I was a little disappointed by this Super Bowl. I was expecting, like I said, more fireworks, more scoring in this game. But hey, the Patriots played winning football. You got to respect that. Six rings of Brady and Belichick. Just incredible. Now on to another debate that kind of coincides with this game. Uh, so Tom Brady, of course, now gets his sixth Super Bowl ring with this win over the Rams. And I hear a lot of people talking about Michael Jordan and Tom Brady in terms of their legacy, who has the better legacy in their respective sport. Now, honestly, I feel the debate is warranted. They both have six rings. Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback of all time. If you don't think that right now, I'll know what more proof you need. But I'm going to say the main reason why I don't think Tom Brady has yet to pass Michael Jordan's legacy, and he probably will will never do that. The one thing Tom Brady has over Jordan, however, is his longevity. But Brady did not dominate his championship games like Michael Jordan did. Excluding this Super Bowl, all wins that he had in the Super Bowl were under a touchdown. And Michael Jordan never let any of his opponents in the NBA Finals even get to a Game 7. But I, I get it, football is different. So I'll say Tom Brady dominated the Seattle, the Atlanta, and the Carolina Super Bowls. I'll give him that because of how much the offense is dominated and how much points they put on the board. And you know what? I'll even give him the Eagles, to be honest with you, because that loss really wasn't his fault. I think that was on Bill Belichick and his defense. Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards in that game, and he was, you know, he deserved to win that one. His off, He did his job. He did Him and his offense did what they were supposed to do. So I'll give him that one. But you talk about Michael Jordan, who outside of the Seattle Supersonics finals, he averaged at least 31 points a game in all of them in each of those series. And he averaged 41 points a game in the Sun series where they beat them in five games. In my opinion, Tom Brady has not dominated every Super Bowl. Not even all the ones that he's won. And also, Jordan went six straight full seasons where he played that he won an NBA championship. Taking out those two years of baseball. I know he came back the one year. And then he played, but I feel he was kind of rusty that season. But that's kind of beside the point. Six straight full seasons where Michael Jordan played, he won a championship. Now, just say he didn't go into baseball, which was probably one of the worst decisions of his life. He can probably, he would definitely have seven championships. I don't know about the eighth one. I don't know if him playing that that whole season makes a difference. I think it does, but that's up for debate. So that's at least seven championships that Jordan would have if he never went to baseball. And Jordan just had multiple clutch, clutch plays in those championship games. Game-winning shots, you know, game-winning passes, all of that. Game-tying ones to send, send it in overtime and things like that. One glowing example was the one right against the Jazz in his last NBA championship. So let's flash back to that game. The Bulls were down 86-83 to with about 30 seconds left on the clock, I believe. Michael Jordan drives the hole for a layup, and they're down 86-85. Then the next trip down, Utah Jazz get the ball, get to Carl Malone in the post, and Michael Jordan literally takes it away from Carl Malone, goes down the other end of the court, and hits the game-winning shot. Now, I don't, I don't think, in my opinion, that Tom Brady has ever had that type of moment in a Super Bowl. The closest thing to me would probably be the Atlanta one, where they came back from down 28-3, and they drove down the field in that overtime to get the touchdown. And I know I'm being a little nitpicky when I'm saying this, but I mean, when you're talking about legacy with these two type of legends, maybe you have to be a little nitpicky, but he didn't throw it in for that last touchdown against the Falcons when the Super Bowl. James White ran it in. Like I said, that's being a little nitpicky. But anyways, James White ran it in. 
And to me, if we're talking about a game-winning shot in basketball, we're talking about a game-winning touchdown pass from Tom Brady as being the two comparisons that I can make. And you go down the list of all of Tom Brady's Super Bowl wins, and he kind of needed help to be clutch. The first Super Bowl, Adam Vinatieri's leg. The second Super Bowl, Adam Vinatieri's leg. Won on both of those. Then he obviously had the Malcolm Butler interception against Seattle. And then you had this game where really Brady wasn't that great, and they ended up getting the win. And this is not to say Tom Brady isn't clutch. He's obviously clutch. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I would take, if you're telling me if I have two minutes left and I need to score a touchdown to win the game, I'm taking Tom Brady over anybody in NFL history. But again, I, I get the discussion. I think it's very arguable. It's basically an argument of longevity versus pure dominance in Michael Jordan's prime. Because during Michael Jordan's prime, no one else was even sniffing an NBA championship when he was at his top level. And you go over to Tom Brady, he lost to Eli Manning twice. There was also time he lost to Mark Sanchez in the playoffs. He lost to Jake Plummer in the playoffs one time. And I just don't feel Jordan ever had losses like that. When he lost, it was against the 80 Celtics, the Bad Boy Pistons, you know, all-time historic teams. Again, you know, this argument is kind of tough and you have to get a little nitpicky because it's cross-sport and you're talking about two icons in their respective sport. But I feel it's definitely a topic that's fun to talk about and is one that you can argue about all day, to be honest. Now switching to another note, I was watching um, the Sacramento Kings play against the San Antonio Spurs last night. I referenced the Kings in my last podcast about how I feel they're under the radar and that they're on the rise. I was watching the game on NBA TV and at the end of their victory, the announcers calling the game were saying that probably some of the stupidest stuff I heard all day. They were talking about how Sacramento has all this good young, young talent, you know, all that stuff. And then one of them's like, oh, they, they should try and swing a trade for like Anthony Davis from like that, hoping that he can stay. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And he said, oh, well, they got the trade chips to possibly do it. Maybe they can coerce him into staying. Anthony Davis is not staying in Sacramento for the same reason he's not staying on the Pelicans. They'll have to trade a lot of those young players that I was talking about in the last podcast. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, all those guys just to get him. If you trade those guys to get him, he won't have any help and he's going to leave you after a year. It makes absolutely no sense to trade those young guys for Anthony Davis. And then they were talking about, oh, they should overpay for like, you know, like a B or C level free agent. I mean, those aren't, that's not an exact quote, but they're saying something along those lines. But anyways, it just makes absolutely no sense. Right when you say you're going to overpay someone, it means you shouldn't do it. Yes, I agree the Kings need some free agents. They got to fill some holes on their team. But they have a great young core, and they shouldn't be messing with that. These are the type of moves why Sacramento has not been good in the past decade or so. It's because they've made those moves, and they've put them in the cellar for years. It, I mean, just look at the case in point and what they've had to give up for Anthony Davis. The, the Pelicans want the house from the Lakers. They want Kuzma, Ball, Ingram. Why Why would you give up three of your young pieces when you can argue this young core is better than what the Lakers got? They got a better record than the Lakers right now, and the Lakers got LeBron on their damn team. Why the hell would you trade that? What those people were saying just makes absolutely no sense. Sacramento just needs to stay the course of what they got. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for them finally. Sometimes, I just don't know. I don't get how those people on NBA TV even have that job come up with, a, with such ridiculous stuff like this. It just made absolutely no sense. So to conclude on that, I just hope that they're not stupid enough to pull off a move like that. I'd like to thank everyone that listened to this podcast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. And hit those like buttons on all the social media platforms that this will be shared on. Until next time, it's your boy Johnny Clutch. 
Peace out.